title of today's talk is um, some lines which are taken um, from the English poet. His name is now escaping. It'll come to me in a minute. But his words are: "A wise person is a fool who persists in their folly." Can anyone remember for me? My mind's gone blank. You're black. That's right. So let's. Um, I want to uh, look at a couple of koans and then take off from there. But these are examples of um, at least two uh, old Zen worthies who were fools who persisted in their folly. Um, the one is a well-known koan, um, Case 41 of the Mumon Khan, which is Bodhidharma pacifies the mind. And the case goes like this. Bodhidharma faced the wall. The second ancestor stood in the snow, cut off his arm and said, Your disciple's mind has no peace as yet. I beg you, Master, please put it to rest. Bodhidharma said, Bring me your mind and I will put it to rest. The second ancestor said, We presume after you know quite a period of time, comes back again and says, I have searched for my mind, but I cannot find it. Bodhidharma said, I have completely put it to rest for you. If we go on and uh, look at women's comment, interesting. The snaggletooth foreigner, that's Bodhidharma, the snaggletooth foreigner came complacently a hundred thousand miles across the sea. It was like raising waves where there is no wind. Finally, he cobbled together a single disciple and a crippled one, but barbaric. San Lang does not know four words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, this one's kind of related in a funny kind of way. Case nine. Ching Chan's non-attained Buddha. A monk asked the priest Ching Chan of Xinyang, the Buddha of supremely pervading, surpassing wisdom did zazen on the Bodhi seat for ten kalpas, but the Dharma of the Buddha did not manifest itself, and he could not attain Buddhahood. Why was this? Ching Chang said, Your question is exactly to the point. The monk said, But, did, but he did zazen on the Bodhi seat. Why couldn't he attain Buddhahood? Ching Chang said, because he is a non-attained Buddha. <laughs> and uh, the, the poem here is, or the, the comments, I approve the old barbarian's realization, but I don't approve his understanding. If an ordinary person realizes, he or she is thus a sage. But if a sage understands, he or she is thus an ordinary person. In the verse, better than knowing the body is knowing the mind in peace. When the mind is realized, the body is no longer anxious. When body and mind are fully realized, the saintly hermit declines to become a noble. Interesting. Um, With koans, it's important that we, we bring them alive to be relevant to, to our life and times and our experience rather than just sort of a, 
a puzzle to go through. Um, but if we look at the, um, the themes in each of these kinds, they're along the lines of searching, failure, resolution. Second ancestor searches, 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 searches. Fails to find what he's looking for and reaches peace of mind. And the second kind, its theme has got, it's got a kind of a similar but not, not the same type of theme of success and failure. Like, this person did Sazen for eons and eons, just like us doing session after session after session, but he didn't attain Buddhahood. It's about success. Why? Because he's a non-attained Buddha. Lots of success and failure in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact is that uh, if we look into ourselves rather than just following sort of Zen ideals, we're all caught up in, in wanting to achieve success of some kind, whatever it might be. Um, in this instance with the second ancestor, the success he was looking for was finding his mind, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is the, metaphorically, what is the mind that we're all looking for? What is the thing that we're searching for in our life that we think if we get it, it's all going to be okay? Mm-hmm. We're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. We're all searching after something. Uh, when I think back to when I first started searching, I'm sure it was as a, as a child. I remember um, uh, being at, down at D.Y. Beach looking over the ocean and searching for something. And it was kind of like a, it wasn't a pleasant kind of feeling. It's like something's missing and I've got to find the answer. I've got to work it out in some way and then it'll all be okay. And um, not surprising, as I mentioned yesterday, I became a philosophy student. And this first koan about searching for the mind was very relevant to me when I worked on it as a koan because in philosophy I actually specialised in theory of mind. So I spent quite a few years in my undergraduate years trying to search for what the mind was and define it. Didn't find it. It was kind of a searching, 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 searching. Some of us... um, we're all searching for different types of things. Um, and when I was younger, I was, I was searching for some kind of intellectual answer that we would could bring a resolution to things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was kind of like if I found the answer or some kind of philosophical equation or whatever, then you could make sense of everything and it would be all right. Because mm-hmm. I never found it. Some people could keep searching for that all their life. Even Zen students searching for some kind of intellectual understanding of Buddhism or of life. And once they kind of get the words together in the right form, um, then it will be all right. Not a bad beginning. Um, and it's interesting to to explore things intellectually, you know, um, as a to enjoy just the process of it. Um, but when it's got that kind of angst and desperation in it, that I've got to find the answer, otherwise, you know, it won't be okay, 
is where the problem comes in. But it's not just intellectual answers that um, that people are looking for, um, or spiritual goals that people are looking for, in terms of what they think is going to bring them some kind of ease or peace or, or happiness in their life. Um, it's worthwhile reflecting yourself. What is it? What is it for you that you think that you, if only this happens, if that happens, then I'll be happy for the rest of my life. What might that be? You don't have to say. But for some people, it's um, it's not finding an intellectual answer, but it's about finding the right person. You know, to be in a relationship with the right man or the right woman. Um, or um, it's about succeeding at something, you know, um, succeeding at making a lot of money and becoming secure, or succeeding in creating a work of art, mm-hmm, or succeeding in being uh, recognised as unique in some kind of way. Or it might be seeking for some kind of um, emotional security, or it might be seeking for a life of ease. They take various different forms. But it's the nature of human, most human, at least deluded human experience, which is therefore nearly everyone's experience, that says that we're not happy with the present moment as it is in its flow. Something missing. It's like there's a piece missing, we've got to get it, and then it'll all be all right. And that's the fundamental kind of delusion that people are caught up in. What's a bit of a mystery to me is that why, um, I'm not going to turn myself in knots trying to work it out either, but what's a mystery to me is that um, why some people have a strong desire to seek for truth or the reality of things or uh, have this very strong seeking in the Dharma and other people just don't and just not interested. So it's sort of a bit of a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, because in many ways there's a, there's a lot of anguish in, in seeking. Even in the Dharma, there's anguish involved in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily easy. So why is it that people take up this seeking after enlightenment, you know, or this deep sense of fulfilment, while others don't? Mm-hmm. And if I think back to childhood, so there was this sense of something missing, this strong sense to search. And then the occasional time when I came first in something and won an academic prize or I won a race in sport or whatever, then, then the feeling of um, uh, something missing went away temporarily because you kind of filled up with the elation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't last. And then you need another fix, and another fix, and another fix. Mm-hmm. Need to succeed again. Need to be better than others, whatever. Need to be special. And that's what human beings get caught up in. Mm-hmm. Whereas when, we're, when there's a kind of a, um, a real inquiring spirit into the nature of suffering, you might have successes that happen. And then you notice, you kind of, there's a, someone observing that experience and, and goes, does it make me happy? 
Well, it did temporarily. But does it bring any, any kind of lasting happiness? The seeker looks at that. Someone who's not seeking doesn't look at it. They're kind of just caught up in it. The next success, the next success, the next success. People search in many different ways. I have um, um, had some a number of clients over the years who've um, kind of really not been clear what they're looking for, but I, I guess in the end looking for love by her, by having many, many multiple kind of sexual partners. And it's like one after the other. And and at the end, and that's their kind of searching mm-hmm, to find, I guess, to find connection. Mm-hmm. And they tell me that um, it becomes really, really boring is their experience of it after a while. Exciting at first becomes really, really boring. In some ways, someone who, who sort of practices that to the nth degree to the point where they see that it's boring and not fulfilling, in some ways it's kind of like a fool persisting in their folly. Sometimes we've got to really give ourselves 100% to the thing that we're, we're, we're searching for. And, but there's always that inquiring question behind it all the time. Does this actually bring contentment or not? Rather than just blindly going along with it.